This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. G'day everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Talking Property and we love you to access Talking Property and there are various ways you can do that. If you have a question about any aspect of real estate, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Talking Property Podcast and send us a question via Messenger or you can go to our website at talkingproperty.net.au and right there in the top right hand side of the page, click Ask Us a Question and fill in the simple form. Please include your phone number so that we can talk to you on the show about your query. It's that easy. We do love sharing our knowledge of real estate with you. Ask us a question and we will be glad to help. Won't we, Rob Druitt and Rod Ryan? We certainly will, Harvey and Rod. Great to be back again on the podcast. Lots to talk about today. Lots happening in real estate around Perth and Western Australia. Yeah, still a nice buoyant market, isn't it? Very much so. And Reba figures show sales just over 900 for the week. It's been very consistent in that range. Mm. for the last two or three months. Of course, stock levels are becoming a bit of an issue and there's just not enough stock out there in the market. So it'll be, a, I think, a new set of figures coming out soon which will show an uplift in prices and hopefully that'll bring out some of the sellers. Rod, uh, your view at the moment on the market? Look, it's just a case as steady as it goes at the moment. Like, nothing's changing. As Rob said, the figures are very you know, very stable. It's a damn good time to be a real estate salesperson, to be honest. I mean, there's nothing really that's scary out there. We go back about 18 months ago, people were frightened if they bought a property that it might be worth less you know going forward that's that side of things is all gone at the moment it's a case that the difficulty that the buyers have is trying to find the right home that's starting to get a little bit hard because people aren't selling but I've got a feeling there's going to be quite a bit more stock come onto the market now I think the sellers are confident that they can do quite well so no complaints and we certainly don't have interest rates at 20% so it's all good No they're about 10 times less than that (laughs) and rental market still very tight with a little bit less than half the number of rental properties now than there was 12 months ago What about people who might have a dollar or two to invest this would seem to me to be a great time to do so notwithstanding the stock level problem That's right investors are just starting to come back into the market. Of course, in the last five years, with falling rents, falling prices, increasing costs, uh, they abandoned the market, and now we're starting to see them coming back into the market, and it certainly makes sense in a very tight rental market. They know they're going to be able to rent it quickly and for a very good rent. So let's see how it goes. Indeed. Well, on the program, fellas, we have got the newly re-elected president of Rewa in Damien Collins. We'll also, with Agents Corner, be talking to Greg Pearson from the professionals Arthur Johnson Snowball real estate in Albany and uh, we're going to find out how things are going in the rest of Australia with the CEO of First National, the First National Network in Ray Ellis. Tell us a bit about Ray. Well Ray's been with First National for some time now and uh, very much across the market and it'll be quite fascinating to hear from him how it's going on the east coast through Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia and Tasmania. Uh, we know how it's going well here but it's a mixed market on the east coast so lots to talk about there. Mm. Yep, we'll be back with Damien Collins in just a moment.
Time to introduce the newly re-elected President of Rewa, Damien Collins. Damien, congratulations on your re-election. Thanks, Harvey. Good to be here with you guys again. And yes, uh, I got the short straw around the table and I'm up again for another two years, so very much looking forward to it. What do you expect in those two years? Oh, look, there's a lot of things on the agenda still. Certainly COVID uh, was something that came out of the blue, wasn't expecting in uh, in my first term. <laughs> look, there's uh, certainly from a Rewa operational point of view, we've got some really important things to look at with our website, rewa.com, a great website but how do we certainly encourage more people to use that and uh, the other things that uh, Rio is doing a lot is investing in technology there's a lot of things happening out there that we're investing in that will help make a agent's life more efficient we'll get more information and get a lot of information and help make their search for property much more efficient as well well Damien as you've just heard Rob and Rod have been going through the figures and uh, in a nutshell it's looking good but of course uh, stock levels very low yeah absolutely like hot off the press uh, today 902 sales so that's some of the best numbers I can remember since 2014. Certainly stock is selling. I speak to a lot of agents, Harvey, out there. They're telling me that if it's well-priced, it's generally going the first week. Even spoke to an agent on Sunday who called me and said the stock he'd had sitting around for three or four months, uh, didn't even need to do price adjustments, is now selling. So uh, I think we're going to start to see it in the headline figures. We're not seeing it really much yet, but I think the median price is uh, definitely on the move. And I'd expect, uh, I certainly think, 3 to 5% between now and, and June next year. Hopefully I'm being concerned. Conservative, but uh, if things stay the same, I can't see why they won't be rising mm-hmm. at least three to five percent. And Damien, the current figures from Rewa for the median house price, four seventy five. Yeah, seems very cheap, doesn't it? Absolutely, Rob. And you look at our national body does uh, comparisons, and uh, when your house in Hobart is more expensive than Perth, mm-hmm. and Adelaide is more expensive than Perth, <laughs> considering that uh, there are a lot smaller populations, particularly Hobart, and their income is about half of ours. It's t- you know far l- a lower paid city. It certainly tells you, particularly when your interest rates are too. 2.2%. Ridiculously cheap when compared to other cities. And uh, look, it's all hard. People sort of, you, get, you say to people, oh, we might get some price growth. And no one believes it anymore. We're, you know, we're, don't forget five years. We were 550,000 uh, back in 2015. Uh, and we're actually 475, believe it or not, in 2007. So um, we've gone back to where we started 13 years ago. So like all things, it will turn. And uh, we don't want to see another silly boom again, because there's always a price to pay at the end. But I think we've got a good chance to get some moderate, reasonable ongoing growth over the next few years. Well done on your position, and we're really pleased about that because you've done a great job for the last two years. Thanks, Rob. And, uh, no, very, very much so. So, as far as I'm concerned, I think now has been a wonderful time to be a real estate agent because we've had five years of being, you know, very difficult times here. What do you see ahead agency-wise for the next, say, 12 months? We did have a period where we lost about 40% of sales reps out of the industry. How do you see things going forward that way in regard to agencies? Well, I think... I think in the longer run, we're going to see the, the transactions be done by fewer agents. I really think the efficiencies, a lot of the technologies out there will mean a lot of home opens, I think, will start to fade away. The virtual tours, you still want to go and buy a property. You still want to go and look through it, right? Everyone will understand that if it's your home or even investment, you're probably going to want to still go and look through it, I would imagine. But the, the days of agents having to stand out there all day, Saturday, Sunday, and do home opens, I think, is going to fade over time as the technology gets better. Mm-hmm. Certainly managing the, the buyers, prospective buyers through that journey. There's a lot of technology out there in that space as well, feeding right into documentation. So that's the things that Reeve was investing in. So, look, 
I think that you'll always have ebbs and flows. It's a volatile industry, and we know that uh, when things get hot again, you start to see more people come in. But ultimately, the ones who've survived the last five years and are still here, they're the ones who are going to really thrive over the next couple of years. Mm. And, and what I'm finding too, just quickly, is that, and I won't embarrass Rob here, but you know, that's okay. Uh, but others I, have. I know that I know, for example, <laughs> Rob's doing, you know, been had more success lately than he's probably ever had, and I know a number of other people that are in that same situation. So the real pros of the industry seem to have really sort of stood up through this last six months that's how I would see it yeah Rod and it's, it's, ju- it's just yeah, the ones who've been around a long time not they're mm. doing they're, they're the ones who'll thrive and uh, they'll even do better I think in the next 12-18 months yeah. mm. which is good for their mortgage Damien <laughs> uh, fairly recently the state budget came out what did you make of it from a property point of view oh, Harvey it was disappointing once again look I understand they're in this COVID period and they've got to focus on you know they've still got a budget surplus here in WA which is uh, obviously thank, thank, f- thankfully for iron ore we uh, we should should all be very thankful to Iron Ore. I look at it every day on the uh, newsletter I get in the morning and see what and the price is, 120 or so thereabouts, and that's great news for WA and our state budget and our economy. But look, they gave us nothing. Look, I understand in the uh, in the, uh, the the COVID period, they threw a lot of money at new building, and look, we do need new supply, and there's no doubt we're in a shortage of rentals and a severe rental shortage and stock for sales low, but it's all thrown in one direction, and it's a lot of money, whereas a lot of people don't want to buy a, a, a bock land and build a brand new home. They want to get into something established, they get very. They get basically no first-time owners grant. Now we did ask for seven thousand to be re- reintroduced. Which is what we used to have. Wasn't we it? used to have it, yeah. And then they took that away. And the, the treasury's argument is that any grant they don't even like, they don't even like the ten thousand, which is surprising considering how much money on, they're on throwing new build. on yes. new build. Their argument is that ten of ten of the eleven people would have done it anyway. But that's you know when I speak to agents and I think oh well you know you think well, what will seven thousand do and, you, and it won't do a lot in the six seven eight hundred thousand range. But when you go out to the outer suburbs, Armadale and these areas, I talk to the guy who run out there and they say that would make a huge difference to some of those people trying to get into their first home. 7,000 might be in the vicinity of uh, you know, 3 or 4% of the deposit. They only need a little bit more. That's going to help them and get they're in. Mm-hmm. And they're in. And the really important thing at the moment when we've got a rental crisis coming, those people could get out of that tenancy, get into an established property and that would free up free that up rental stock. Rental properties. Now that's one of the other great challenges we're facing at the moment is the rental market. Mm. I think we're all a little blindsided uh, in the latter part of September when the state government announced that they were going to extend the COVID rules for another six months on the same basis when really what what, 2% of, of rentals are affected. Yeah. Where do you see that going? I know you've had a recent meeting with the government on that issue. Yeah, look, it was it was poor policy in the first place. We understood that there was no one knew whether everything was going to go. But the whole, the policies of a particular concern was the rent freeze, effectively. You could not put rents up on any property. Now, we understood if it was COVID-affected people, like they did in the legislation in Queensland, was COVID-affected, we could have worn that as an industry. Some landlords would have been affected. But in a market where we've got a rent shortage, why do you want to tell people, well, guess what, you there's no point investing because you can't put the rent up and that's mm-hmm. been the mentality of investors there's a few coming back but a lot of them have just sat on the sidelines and this is extension for six months to March has just made it worse now the argument was is that we could do it simply by regulation just extend the whole thing to go back to parliament there's all these bills in parliament we're going into caretaker mode etc etc I met with the uh, minister who's uh, Minister Quigley and we had a good meeting and we're quite reassured that there is absolutely no appetite within government to extend it past the COVID period or the COVID extension to March. Of course, 
barring another outbreak of COVID. Mm. Assuming, there's, assuming there is no appetite, which which would be, again, we'd need to get rid of it. I think that uh, we're going to have to, the, the market will adjust. There's no point kicking any further down the road. So come March next year, it'll go back to normal. And look, people will adjust household sizes. That'll free up rental stock. People have got two in a property. Their rent goes up from 350 to 420. They go, gee, we might need to get another person in. So they'll have three sharing that house. It frees up more stock. So market adjusts and the best thing we can do is go back to a normalised market. Just one thing, Damien, this is just my thoughts, but one of the problems that you've got as far as established versus the new builds is just the perception. And the perception is is that, you know, you're a bit of a fool if you buy a, an established home compared to a new build. And that sort of sticks in buyers' heads. And they just avoid and avoid and avoid. Whereas they'll, they'll they sort of feel like they've got to go down the path of the new build. And that's just causing a lot of problems. Well, it, look, it's tempting, right, isn't it? When, mm-hmm. you're, when you're getting 10000 already, plus another yep. 45000 yep. you yep. think, well, gee, that's 55000 But I would just say anybody looking to go and build, go and look at so you're thinking about buying a block of land. So the discounts on the land have gone. Yep. In fact, the prices have gone up. Yep. The builder discounts are gone. So I reckon of your 45, I think 30 is at least gone back to in price adjustments. And then look at what you're going to pay versus the, the rebate you're going to get. And look then go and say, what well, can I buy something maybe two or three years old? What's that going to cost? I think you'll find you're probably in a lot of cases better off to buy the established one. Yeah, you won't get the handouts. But in a lot of cases, those established ones are 80, 90,000 below what you're paying for a brand new build. And they're three years old. You've only got to look at Beldo for example that's exactly the case exactly so yeah. I just think you know ultimate your choice but mm. do your comparisons I hear valuations are struggling to stack up on because mm-hmm. of that very reason so I would do your homework and you might find uh, maybe going buy an established one and don't forget if you are a first home buyer you do get no stamp duty so at least that's something and you know established you open up a lot more areas and quite often a lot uh, better locations than you can where, where the land is available to build well that's exactly right I mean it's uh, not the most of the big estates are out in the outer suburbs, you know, Beldivis and Allenbrook and again, mm. you know, lovely places but you're a long way to travel if you want to come anywhere near yeah. the city. Damien, taking off your hat as Rewa president and putting on your Momentum Wealth hat as a buyer's agent and just quickly, for people that don't know what a buyer's agent is, if you could explain that, but I want to just ask you a question or two about your role within the industry. Yeah, so buyer's agent is uh, someone who's a Appointed by the buyer and paid by the buyer to represent them. So, so Rod and uh, Rob here uh, work on the sales side predominantly, and their role is to uh, help the seller get their property sold, get them the best uh, possible price they can, the best terms they can get. When uh, you're a buyer's agent, you're actually engaged and paid by the buyer to do the work on the buyer's side. Your role is to get the property that they want and it's most suitable, but as, at the best possible price, obviously as low as you possibly can, within reason. I mean, everyone, you got to still do a deal and at the best uh, terms you can negotiate. So it's also so uh, actually going out there and sourcing the property, Harvey. A lot mm. of people particularly are very busy and in, in this sort of market where properties are going very quickly, you often don't have a lot of time to think about it. Just by the fact that uh, our buyers agents are looking 24-7, that's their full-time mm. job. They're looking at properties come on the market. They know from you know, they've got good relationships with sales agents, they'll get the heads up when something's coming on that might suit and then uh, we can go into bat for them and uh, certainly we're finding yeah, the busier the market gets, the more people want to use a buyers agent because they just find they keep missing out on properties they haven't got the time to, to follow the market. So with stock levels so low, is that a good thing or a bad thing for a buyer's agent or like a bit of both? Double-edged sword. Well, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. It's a bit of both because uh, certainly the client interest is is good, which is which is great, but it's not easy to get property still. We're in the same boat. I uh, I uh, put my buyer's agent hat on to help a friend out a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, back on the tools? Back on the tools. And I had to get someone to help me with the forms because I didn't know where I could find them. <laughs> this is uh, in Claremont, first weekend, a long weekend, 20, 30 groups through, seven offers on the first wow. weekend. So you just, sometimes even if you're the buyer's agent, you do a really good job, you get, you know, you get someone to come 
comes and pays silly prices, there's nothing you can do. So, so yeah, look, there is um, certainly some areas it's challenging. And so you go from a lot of choice to less choice. And yeah, our buyers agents now are missing out, but that's okay. I guess one of our, our goals is a lot of people get emotionally attached and emotionally involved. And then, you know, that person who bought that place, I reckon paid at least 50 to 70 over what it was worth. Our buyers agents are there to make sure we keep the emotion out of it and uh, make sure, okay, we'll miss out one, but we'll find another one. So they're not paying silly prices. Just quickly, Damien, I'd say one of the best adverts for buyers agents is that uh, popular television show, The Block. And you see the same buyers agents each year buying the buying the properties on behalf of their clients. So yeah, it goes over quite well. Yep, absolutely. Look, it's very it's very popular in, in Sydney, Melbourne. It's, mm. it's, it's gaining more traction here, but we're still a niche part of the industry. But I think as as times change, more and more people want that professional yeah. representation, someone working for them. Damien, congratulations once again on your reappointment. Rewire is in very good hands uh, for the next couple of years with uh, you at the helm. Thanks for joining us once again on Talking Property. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks, Thanks guys. again, Damien. Cheers, Are you looking to buy, sell, rent or find an agent in WA? For all your property needs, visit rewire.com, the home of WA Real Estate. rewire.com can help you find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. For all your property needs, visit rewire.com, the home of WA Real Estate. To find the right local agent, use rewire.com agent finder to search and compare real estate agents in WA. For all your property needs, rewire.com. We at Talking Property are indebted to rewire.com, our major supporters. It is time for Agents Corner on Talking Property and we're going all the way down to the south coast of WA to Albany and we're going to talk to Greg Pearson from the professionals Arthur Johnson Snowball Real Estate. Welcome to Talking Property, Greg. Thank you very much. It's nice to be aboard. Now tell us a little bit about your organisation and your big boss is your dad. He is indeed, yes, it is indeed. So uh, our agency has been around since 1896, servicing Albany and the surrounds. We look after all facets of real estate, bar rural. That may surprise some of you, but we don't look after any rural. Quite a big commercial agency as well. So we look after all facets except for the rural industry. I think, Greg, you run the property management department, is that right? That's correct, yes. I look after the residential property management department here. Now, this is my 23rd year in the industry. Wow. And have you ever seen, well, when was the last time the rental market in Albany was as tight as it is now? I actually think this is the tightest it's ever been. So I was actually just prior to this just doing a little bit of research and uh, that today there were 29 properties being advertised throughout Albany, which is very low. Normally this time of year we'd see 80 to 120 properties being advertised throughout mm. town. So stock is extremely low, very tight indeed. What's the population of Albany? Just over 38,000. It's not many rental properties, is it? Gee. <laughs> So rents are going up in price? We are slowly starting to see rents going up. And I suppose, uh, obviously, with the with the COVID legislation and the monitoring on being able to put up rent in place tenants, obviously, that's not really a true market, I don't think, at the moment, because we're seeing, obviously, some being held back. But certainly, those that are coming to market are definitely getting rent increases out there, that's for sure. So we go forward through to 28 March next year, when the COVID restrictions will come off, there mm-hmm. is likely to be quite a description 
discrepancy, won't there, between existing rentals, which haven't been able to increase rents to meet market, and new and new rentals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're obviously looking looking forward into the future as well and obviously making sure that we've got the ability to review rents when that comes up as well. So whether that be rent review for whatever, six months, nine months, whatever that term worked out to be, just to make sure we can obviously review that and the owner's not uh, disadvantaged in that way. Greg, it's Rod Ryan. Did you have any, any many problems as far as through the COVID period where people weren't able to pay rent? Was, it, was your percentage of tenants affected high or was it low? In our case, up here, it was quite. We were very fortunate; it was quite low. What about in in the regional area of Albany? How did that go? Yeah, look, we, we were similar. We, we, we feel quite blessed. We weren't at a disadvantage much at all with the systems and procedures that we obviously put in place to make sure those requests that were genuine were obviously dealt with, you know, managed accordingly. But I think uh, what have we got? About four hundred and fifty approximately residential properties. I think we maybe had 15-odd requests for relief, of which there was probably only about five or six that actually went through to having some form of relief, you know, as the circumstances were genuine. I think it was from memory, I think it was May, all the tenants' rents were back to normal as of May. So we've been quite lucky, we think, in that sense. Probably yeah. once the border was opened up, once the, um, the restrictions came off. Did that affect you much with having, you know, effectively that south coast being cut off from the rest of the state? No, I suppose we've always relied pretty heavily on, on technology. So for us, we had our 360 virtual tours all set up for our, certainly on the rental side and the majority of the sales side as well. So for those people in the, in the metro area that were looking down this way, they could still sort of search online and apply online for rental properties. There were ways and means that we got around that. Yeah. You mentioned about your commercial side of things down there. How did you feel? How did you fare with that? Uh, my business partner, Miguel De Freitas, does a lot of commercial work for us and he was, I, I don't think Miguel's ever been so busy in all his life. We've got about 450 or 500 commercial managements and I think 50% of them we had difficulties with as high as that. Whereas the residential just, you know, didn't even roll over in bed really. How did you yeah. find it down there commercial wise? Yeah, again, very similar. Doug actually looks after our, the, the majority of our commercial portfolio and he was absolutely flat out during that mm. period as well. We had yeah, probably 50%, around about that 50% mark Gee, also yeah. affected and obviously that that's still ongoing. We're slowly, we believe we're starting to see a bit of a, a, a turn with the commercial market. Uh, Doug in particular has been very busy in the last six odd weeks, I suppose, with leasing inquiry as well. So we are starting to see perhaps some signs that's certainly not remarkable turnaround or anything like that but there's some positive signs emerging in the commercial sector down here as well Yeah, that's excellent. And what about the residential sales market? How's that faring in Albany? Yeah, the sales are really good. Uh, saying obviously I've heard before, the, we've just in, engaged a couple of new sales reps and it's probably the, the best time we've seen for a number of years for them to be getting into the industry Listings are down I suppose that is the concerning thing but there's still plenty of buyers out there wanting to take up what listings there are as well so talking to one of my senior sales reps this morning, you know, anywhere you'd see probably between 11 to 1,200 property listings down here in Albany. When I looked on there today, there was roughly 870. So stock again is, is down quite a lot. 
It's Harvey again, Greg. Having just been down to Albany and uh, touring around, hadn't been to Albany for, for years, you've just got some magnificent properties that, that overlook the water. You've got, uh, it, it's a huge mix of properties, isn't it? Where do the majority of your sales come from? We get asked, asked this question quite often. And I wouldn't say there's one particular segment that's really stood out in this market. Obviously, the, the cheaper properties, they always go well. But we've also seen a cut of the high-end properties also sold. There's been a property... Uh, quite a historical property for sale down here for a number of years. I and mean, I noticed the uh, sign on that has gone up in the last you know, 10 days. Uh, we sold on it as well. So it's, re- it's really all segments of the residential market are performing well. And there's no particular standout, no particular standouts either, either really. It seems to be across the board. It's been a very go. long haul, hasn't it, uh, Greg? I mean, if you it look has. back to 2000, was the last time the market was strong? Absolutely. No, it's certainly a yeah, long, long time. What about short term rentals down at Albany it's a tourist destination of course do you deal in those we don't actually handle short term management but when the when the whole covid thing struck um, we did have a number of owners with airbnbs that obviously their bookings went away suddenly and they obviously looked derive some income so they actually came to us looking to rent their properties out which we did and they're now starting to that's probably six six to nine month leases they've taken they're now coming to an end and taking those properties back to go back to the short-term market and talking to some of those owners they feel that there's a really uh, Albany has absolutely been booming so the accommodation short-term accommodation down here is, is in short demand that's for sure town has never been so busy just one other thing too greg as far as agents are concerned down there, what's the competition level like? You mentioned you've just put on a couple of new reps, for example, and your business has been around since, what, 1896. Gee whiz, who's your main competitors down there and, and how's, it all, how's it all going for you? Yeah, yeah look, um, I think if you ask any real estate agent, they'll always tell you there's too much competition, wouldn't they? <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to tell you any different. <laughs> Uh, but we're not agency-wise. There's been real, really no increase or decrease in, in the in the number agent um, reps themselves. We've probably seen a few come and go. Yeah. But look, I, I think there's enough business there for all of us. That's for sure. Yeah. The reason I say it is because what, what Rob, we lost about what forty percent of sales reps going back a few years ago, and that's I just right. wondered whether that happened in the regional areas like Albany as well. I'm from Victoria, so you can hear the Albany business come out all wrong. <laughs> so look, I just wondered how you know if there's enough for everybody in those areas, you know, to, to go around, you know, when all of a sudden you had that decline that happened, that's all. Yeah, Ob- no, obviously oh, look, I, I think we're faring okay, that's for sure. It was all pretty tough for us all you know, during that, in that April period, I think, when mm. there was not a lot of action happening for certainly sales, but it, it seems to have bounced back and I think there's good business there for everyone again mm. now. I don't expect you to go through all the awards that you've won because it would be, you know, here forever, but what are some of the highlights? Oh, look, I think taking the awards for the professionals, the um, read, the, was it the most, I can't remember the exact name of it, but the, basically the agency of the year for professionals group regionally. We've taken a, a couple of years in a row now, but that was certainly a highlight. One of my, one of our sales reps, Chelsea McIntyre, actually we had the professionals awards in the last two or three weeks and uh, she was the, voted the, uh, the most valuable professional for the group for WA on only a couple of weeks ago. So that was always, always nice to see the, uh, reps are rewarded for their hard work and effort, that's for sure. Well, no doubt and it is hard work. Just before we let you go, Greg, how can people find out a bit more about Professionals Arthur Johnson Snowball in Albany with your phone number, your website, all that sort of thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, our website's jam-packed full of information, um, and we can be found at professionalsalbany.com.au. Otherwise, our office number, nice and easy one to remember, it's 98411 Excellent. Great to have you on Talking Property, and we'll do it again sometime in the future. Greg, thank you. That'd be great. Thanks very much. Welcome back to Talking Property. By the way, if you've got a question about any aspect of real estate, simply go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Talking Property Podcast and send us a question via Messenger or you can go to our website at talkingproperty.net.au and right there in the top right hand side of the page, click Ask Us a Question and fill in the simple form. And please include your phone number so we can talk to you on the show about your query. It really is that easy. We love sharing our knowledge of real estate with you. Ask us a question and we will be very glad to help. Time now to head east and speak to Ray Ellis, the CEO of the First National Network. Welcome to Talking Property, Ray. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure and thank you for inviting me. And of course, you'd feel a bit at home being a WA boy. Well, yes, I've always got a very much soft spot for WA, particularly the Fremantle doctors. Before we start, I probably should say something which is a bit of merry to your, to your listeners. I was speaking to my mother on the weekend who lives in Geraldton and I said, look, I'm sorry I haven't been able to be over there to see you for a while, Mum, but I just can't get there. And she said, that's okay, son, I love you. I just don't want you coming over here with the Melbourne virus. <laughs> so she's... Uh, She's certainly jumped onto the bandwagon of us back east over here. Well, yeah. indeed. And, I mean, it's a serious situation. Let's, I know we're making light of it uh, and we probably need to have a bit of a laugh, Ray. But how is your continuing lockdown in Melbourne affecting sales and the, the general process over there at the moment? Well, thank you for that because it's, it's a genuine question and I'm sure there's great sympathy and concern around Australia because... The truth is we're all alive and we're doing well. There's certain areas where the COVID outbreak has occurred, but by main, regional Victoria and most of Melbourne were okay. We're just like everybody. Our patience is wearing thin for the continuation of the lockdown. And when you say it's been since March, it's, it's an easy phrase, but that's seven months ago now. Yeah. It's all right for someone like myself who lives in a nice house and has a beautiful wife and a garden, but... Most of my staff are young people living in a one-bedroom apartment in Richmond, and they are at the end of their tether. They understand the phrase, we're all in this together, but they're sick of hearing that. So the psyche of Melbournians is coming to an end. And of course, you have to remember, we've had no football, we've had no grand final, and nothing is open. That's probably the first message. When I say nothing is open, you can get takeaway coffee, you can buy your petrol, you can go to the supermarket and visit the chemist and pick up your mail. That's it. Mm. So the days of reading books and tidying up the garden and fixing everything up, everybody's done that. We're ready to bust out. Indeed. But then on the, the, the scale of the market, regional Victoria has been booming all year. And I've got to say there's some desertion from the major cities, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. In fact, speaking to one of our Adelaide agents over the weekend, he sold two properties sight unseen for people moving from Melbourne. They just want to leave. So that they may not be isolated instances, but it comes back to the psyche of what this long lockdown has been. From the beginning of August till two weeks ago, we couldn't actually conduct inspections for rental properties, inspections for sales. We couldn't actually go anywhere near a property. And that caused great consternation amongst the market because the REIV, which is our state institute, they had figures that in October there was going to be 7,000 people 
that had, were about to settle on a house or a rental property that had nowhere to go. So if inspections weren't allowed, it was going to be catastrophic, again, for the psyche of people. The short answer to your question is, I know I've rambled on a bit, but it's good to give the background to it. Prices have only declined sort of 1% or 2% in Melbourne. Listings, as your listeners were very familiar with, is a people listing to sell their property are at an all-time low, yet demand is at an all-time high based on Australians' passion for property, and I can talk about that later on low interest rates or whatever. So I'm very reluctant to say the market hasn't been affected, but it's certainly been affected in transaction numbers. It's certainly been affected a little bit in people's confidence. But the Australian desire, and particularly the Melbourne desire for property, goes unabated in, in the second largest city in Australia. Ray, Rob Druid here. Great to have another chat to you about the, the market over there. And I'm, I'm sure... Thank you, Rob. Probably will emulate what happened in Western Australia, in Perth. We had a similar thing on a, a lot smaller scale, of course, because we, we weren't in lock, full lockdown, but we, we had a, a lockdown period and we found the same thing. Our market was just coming out of the low ebb that we've had for five years and all of a sudden, as soon as we were able to do home opens, we've, we've found since then the market's just improved and, and gone from strength to strength. So. The Melbourne market, when the pandemic hit, was at an all-time high. Do you see it rebounding quickly? Absolutely. And it's not just because of my position with First National, but what I've found during the first lockdown in Australia, and now I don't know if this is 3.5 or 4.2 or whatever here in Melbourne, what became highlighted was the average Australian's fascination with their home. During the first lockdown, particularly now here in Melbourne, we talk about we want to renovate our home. We want to go and visit our grandparents' their home. We want to go and see our children in their home. We want people around to dinner for our home. And that's why you've seen rental arrears crash to an all-time low. It doesn't matter if you own a property or rent it, you will do everything you can to protect your home. And the analogy I used today on, on a Melbourne radio was, if you live in 15 Smith Street anywhere in Australia and you've had your eye on that house for, let's say, $600,000, and you suddenly find it's on the market for five hundred ninety-five. you will beg, borrow, or steal to buy that as an investment or where to move to or whatever because we are unique in the world. Us, New Zealand, a little bit of the UK, we cannot wait to either get into a property and call it our home or cannot wait to buy a property because that's the way the most average Australians make their money, by touch and feeling a safe investment. So regional Victoria has already seen it. Uh, we have a great office in Bendigo. They had their best June in the history of their company, and they've been going 42 years. And that was reflected in a number of offices here in Melbourne. Our Dan in our office, which in WA terms is the Fremantle of the capital city, Perth, the, our Dan in our office did 11 sales during August when you weren't allowed to do any inspections. They normally do 12 to 13 sales a month anyway. So I, I must commend my team's hard work throughout Australia but it also must commend the Australian psyche, and that's what will drive it. Sorry, Rod Ryan, right? Just with, yep. you're talking about homes and so on, and you mentioned that a lot of your staff are in one-bedroom apartments and so on in Richmond. I have a property in the Docklands that was on short-term rental. That's all of a sudden had to be leased out on a long-term basis. What I understand is that the apartment market is struggling, and can you see, I could understand from what you're saying, that it's going to continue to struggle, or is that just not correct? Is, is the whole of the Melbourne market you feel confident about being 
bouncing back? Or is it the whole of the Melbourne market uh, minus apartments? Because just from what you're saying, I could see that there might be a, a bit of a pull away from that, that market. That's all. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. A very good question. It goes to the dynamics of what our industry is, which is supply and demand. And this is unique to Sydney and Melbourne. 46,000 students have not returned to Australia this year. And they are the numbers that go into Sydney and Melbourne. So what you're seeing is 25,000 students have not returned to Melbourne. So that has dramatically affected what I call the real, real inner city market, which is Docklands. So even if they're sharing a pub with two or three friends, there's vacancies there. So there's there's blocks in those areas in Richmond, Docklands, parts of South Yarra, you know, Kensington, Footscray, mm-hmm. where there's eighty apartments and there's only ten or twelve leased. So rents there have fallen by twenty, thirty, forty percent. And that's purely because on the demand. Yeah. Because whilst they're quality apartments, they've been built for student accommodation. They haven't been built for lifestyle. And so that market's not going to recover until the students return, which will create demand again. So those areas, inner city areas, Alexandra and Surrey Hills in Sydney, the same scenario. They're going to be poor markets for those students return. But also the Australians, what we've seen now you can work from home. Yeah. Some people have lost their jobs. They're on JobKeeper. They haven't been out of rent. They've moved home to their parents. There's, there's been that dramatic upstyle change in the lifestyle of young people. And by young, I'm talking anyone under 30. So that's affected those areas as well. So we're a supply and demand industry. So if there's bargains there to buy at the moment. Now's the time to buy them. Ray, you're Sorry. responsible for agencies right across the nation. What's it like by comparison in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, and indeed Western Australia and Tasmania? Well, we'll start with Tasmania because they always complain about being left <laughs> off last. So we'll start. We'll, we'll, start, we'll, start, we'll start there. Mm-hmm. So that market has been buoyant for two or three years, and again, that's been driven off lifestyle changes of people. The classic scenario: you sell your two million dollar house in Sydney or Melbourne, you buy the same house in a better suburb in Hobart for six hundred thousand cash in the bank. You move, and Hobart's a major city. It's not the size of Sydney or Melbourne. So that market has been booming for four or five years. It's not booming at the moment, but it's going very, very well. The problem there is we can't get there at the moment. So being an island is causing some logistical problems for people's lifestyle. But that will continue because they've got a small population base. Adelaide, South Australia. Never has booms or busts. Very sedate, conservative market. You know, prices go up by five thousand, go down by a thousand, up by three thousand, down by five hundred, so on, so on, or whatever. So you're not going to make the huge gains, but you're going to have a solid market from rentals, a solid market from being able to purchase something, and there's no boom or bust cycle there. So that will continue. Alice Springs is booming at the moment. It's a government town. There's lots of government resources there. Arrears are at an all-time low. I'm reluctant to say zero is percent for rentals, but that's virtually what it is. Amazing. Darwin has come back after five or six years of very bad times, similar to WA. But again, quality quality product is, is available there for investment. They're seeing a good upturn. You already know about WA, I won't mention it. North Queensland hasn't been as strong as the rest of Queensland. But again, North Queensland has the same difference as WA. It's a big state. So the tourism effect of the past three or four months has affected the Cairns and the Townsville market. I mean, they're getting lots of money pumped in at the moment because they're, they're key seats for the upcoming state election. But they're a bit like Adelaide, haven't had great boobs. 
Southeast Queensland is booming. Had had a sort of a downfall after the Commonwealth Games a few years ago, but again, that lifestyle transient what appeals to young people to go to Queensland because Queensland's unique. It's virtually one mega city from the mm. Sunshine Coast, Maroochydore, down to the Tweed. But they should know? go better now with Collingwood out of the place, I suppose. <laughs> 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 well, the, 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 the Collingwood got out of WA pretty quick and they, they came back to a, 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 a when they landed in Brisbane. But that, that megalopolis of Sunshine Coast, Brisbane or whatever, mm. again, it's a lifestyle choice. Mm. So prices... And Rob would have seen a video I did this week to our members. The expectation of all the experts is that prices nationally are going to go up by 15%, but 18 to 20% in southeast Queensland and Perth Gee. coming off. So I look, for, I, I look forward to that. Sydney has been booming. Apart from the inner city, as what I said, we had good clearance rates there over the weekend. One property, it was a $1.8 million property sold for 400000 above the reserve, and that is in the suburb of Epping. Epping would be very similar to a Joondalup, something like yeah. that, just a bit, bit closer to the city. Not high end, not low end, but a, yeah. a good a good area, good good infrastructure. So that market, apart from the inner city, is going very well. Melbourne, I've, I've already spoken about. But regional Victoria and regional New South Wales are booming and will continue to be going to be big gains there. And that's that's been coming for years now. Two years ago... It was the first time since Federation that more people moved out of Sydney into regional New South Wales and into Sydney. And that's driven off education, hospital facilities, mm. air links, better train lines, all those sorts of things. So not that you can live in Bathurst now and drive to Sydney, but you live in Bathurst and get to Sydney quite easy, quite regularly. Mm. And people are seeing that and that's what they're doing. So I, I know that's a rosy outlook, but that's the position we're in. And that's driven off what I said before. Australians' passion for property and then the economic cycle. I mean, I'm not sure about you blokes, but I was alive in the 80s when interest rates were 19%. Though you're mm. probably a bit young for that, but you know, interest <laughs> rates are going to be at this level for the next five to six years. And they have been for five years now. So if you're 25, you've seen interest rates at this level, you might be 40 before they start to go up again. Well, that and that's, be, what, that's what's helping That as would well. be encouraging for everybody except maybe Rob in this room at the moment, but never mind. Ray, one, <laughs> Ray, one final question. Of all the many, many officers that you deal with, how do you rate Druitt Shed First National in Double View? <laughs> Rob's father was one of the great men of real estate, and he was one of the great men of yeah. First National. And so the legacy is left. Even Rob can't stuff that up. Well <laughs> <laughs> said. On that note, Ray, thank you. Thank you so much for your time on Talking Property. Yeah, we will you, chat again in the future, mate. Thank you. That was first class. Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy the time in the West. Bye. Thank you. It doesn't matter where you live in Western Australia, Rewa can help you search for your ideal home. Rewa is Western Australia and it knows our state well. With access to information and Rewa agents right throughout WA, Rewa gives you peace of mind when deciding about where your next house will be and how to source the best information by being put in contact with Rewa agents who know their districts very well. 
People like to shop and buy local. With Rewa, you can also search local. Go to rewa.com when seeking any information at all about property in your chosen area or use rewa.com to research the ideal location for you. Rewa knows Perth and all WA cities and towns very well. For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Well, that's just about it for Talking Property. And just a reminder, if you have a question about any aspect of real estate, just simply go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Talking Property Podcast and send us a question via Messenger. Or you can go to our website, talkingproperty.net.au and right there in the top right-hand side of the page, just click Ask Us a Question and fill in the simple form. Please include your phone number so we can talk to you on the show about your query. It is that easy. We do love sharing our knowledge of real estate with you, ask us a question and we will be glad to help. Well, gentlemen, we've got a terrific show again lined up for our next edition of Talking Property, uh, headlined by Gavin Hegney, who's a very much respected property commentator. It'll be fascinating to hear his views on where the market's going, as I'm sure the listeners will want to know as well. And something a little bit different, Andy Dart from the Style Exchange. Oh, look, it's a phenomenon now with properties. Very important to have it looking at its very best, isn't it, Rod? And styling is is, uh, very common now. So Andy's going to talk about some of the little tricks of the trade, what you need to do and how it can make a huge difference Mm. to the sale of your property. We might have to get dressed up next week, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I underdressed today. (laughs) And Todd Utley from Real Mark Coastal. Yeah, Todd's a great performer in that north coast, the Luca area and up through Ocean Reef. So it'll be fascinating to hear what's happening in that northern coastal area of Perth. Thank you so much. Thank you to Rewa for their continued support of Talking Property and we will talk again soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deegan, Rob Jewett and Rod Ryan. The Talking Property podcast was brought to you by Rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate.